0: Welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. Today, my guest is Michelle Osario. In 2007, singer and filmmaker Michelle Osario created her first web series on YouTube, Since then, her videos have racked up to 24 million views across two channels and several film festival awards. A decade later, she's amassed a live stream following in the six figures. An avid believer that technology can help creative entrepreneurs break free of the gatekeepers of traditional media. She has also been featured on television as a virtual reality evangelist and has spoken about the power of live stream at events and colleges. She was ranked top 100 VR influencers of 2016 and top 100 XR in 2017. Check out her new project, a YouTube channel offering you free tips on how to grow your brand and your business with an online video. It's called Dare to Dream School. Welcome, Michelle, to Journey of a Fearless Female, the podcast.
1: Thanks, Paola. I'm excited to be here.
0: (laughs) I'm excited to have you. So I met Michelle like two weeks ago. She was at my very first Fearless Female Mastermind. And it was like all of us that were there were blown out of like the water because this woman is full of knowledge. And I was just like, oh, she's like, you don't have a YouTube channel? No, I don't (laughs) I don't know. Did I say it like that? No, but but It was like it was seriously like, no, I don't have a YouTube channel. I do podcasting because it's so much easier to be behind the mic. And I don't like to be in front of the camera. But it's funny because as I'm sitting here recording this podcast episode, she's recording us via video as well. And she's like, oh, my God, you would get so much more reach if you had a YouTube channel on top of your podcast channel. And I'm like, oh, that's so much more to do. (laughs) But it's not that hard, right? It's not. Well, especially because
1: you already went through all the trouble of making the podcast. So all you're doing is really adding the visual element to another audience that maybe they don't listen to podcasts.
0: Right? It's crazy how many people don't listen to podcasts. I seriously am shocked because I'm like, how do you, have you never heard of a podcast before? I've been listening to podcasts for over 10 years and people are still like, what? What's a podcast? How, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are still on their Facebook and YouTube channels than they are on the podcast.
1: Podcast is just a kind of a different Thing. I listen to podcasts and I watch YouTube videos. Yeah. So, I just want to listen to podcasts when I'm going to go for a drive or I'm going to go for a walk and I don't want the visual distraction. Yeah. But that's why it's great because you already went through all the trouble of recording your message, you might as well use it again for another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're just gifting that message to a wider audience. Yes.
0: So tell us a little bit about how you got started on on YouTube. Like what made you Start a YouTube channel. What was your first intention for the YouTube channel?
1: So uh, I started YouTube way back in the day, long ago, when, let's see, this was about 2007, actually, Uh and I got the idea from some other people who had done a show somewhere else. It wasn't on YouTube, and I was working for a corporation making online videos for them. Uh Uh-huh. So I was already a filmmaker. I loved filmmaking. And I found out, oh, you can make a show on the internet? What? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just old enough that I actually did the real film festival circuit. And I went to film school. I didn't finish. But I went to most of film school for three years. And I took it and I ran with it. So I was used to you make videos and then you show them in public in yeah. a theater. And then if people don't like it then they don't laugh and you're really embarrassed and you have to look at all those people afterwards after the show and it's really <laughs> awkward. That's happened to me. But also you get that wonderful feeling when you're sitting in a theater and they do laugh when they're supposed to laugh and it's one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah. And so uh, I discovered in 2007, wow, there's this whole audience of people online that I can tell that story to. And yeah, you don't get to hear them laugh mm-hmm. in, in person, but they'll leave you comments. Yeah. And That was so thrilling to me at the time that I could take these stories I had already made and then share them with people online. And as a creative person, somebody who's been creative since I was a little kid, whether it was drawing or singing, I was always doing something creative and I always wanted to express myself. Yes. The Internet was just this huge gift, especially to somebody socially awkward, which (laughs) was me. So I I got to say, I get to hide behind a computer screen and still still get to tell my stories is the best thing ever.
0: Oh my gosh. So when you started in 2007, how long had YouTube already been out? A year. Only a year. So you were like right on the very first bandwagon. Like, I am going to get on this. I'm going to like do my creative stuff. I am going to like share what I've wanted to share. Yes. it stuck inside me.
1: <laughs> yeah, but... At the time, I don't think anybody really knew what YouTube would become. No. So at the time, it was just a place to host your videos for free. Mm-hmm. That was, but that was huge. Yeah. Because it was very expensive to put your videos online. So I had made. In the past, as a teenager, I had made these action figure movies oh. with little action figures, and I still have a copy somewhere. It looks terrible because <laughs> it is the size of a postage stamp. Yeah, because I believe at the time I was using Yahoo GeoCities was the wow. thing at the time I don't to even host know
0: Yahoo GeoCities. That was <laughs> a th- Yahoo
1: bought GeoCities, and I hosted my website back then. And I had a video. I would put my videos on there, but they were the size of postage stamps because that was all the space you were allowed. Yeah, online at the time. Unless you had lots of money, which I didn't when I was Uh a film school student. So later when YouTube came around, that was a big deal.
0: Yeah. So you never wanted to be in front of the camera because you said you went to film school. So I'm assuming you wanted to be behind the camera. Okay. So we got to rewind a little bit here. (laughs) Let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back a
1: little bit to your earlier part of your journey. Yeah. So when I talk now, people are always surprised. They think I'm an extrovert. (laughs) <laughs> and they call me a natural. I hear that all the time. <gasps> You're such a natural on camera. You're such a natural on the microphone. Yeah. And that couldn't have been further from the truth. When I was growing up, I was a bookworm. Hmm. I was awkward. I didn't know how to talk to people. I was an only child. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time by myself because my parents had me when they were teenagers. So they were always working. They were never around, around. until nighttime. So. I just so didn't a latchkey kid. I, I was a latchkey kid. I didn't interact with a lot of people for parts of the day. Yeah. But I did have big family so uh, other than that like aunts and uncles so it would I would be all by myself and then suddenly just like a zoo would enter the house at some point <laughs> in the day. So it was it was kind of crazy. So I just got used to talking to myself and being alone yeah. and I liked it to this day. I like being alone. Yeah. with myself and my own thoughts. But the downside of that is as a kid, I was not very socialized. Yeah. So I, I didn't know how to talk to people. We moved around a lot too. So mm. I changed. I was a new kid in school almost every year or every other year. Oh, and that's so difficult. Had, yeah. So I t- had to try to make friends. And I honestly just didn't do a good job. I usually had, <laughs> if I was lucky, I would collect maybe two two friends yeah. before I had to move again. So it was tough. It was. I always was so shy. My mom didn't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So she would kind of push me to talk to people. I remember if we would go to the store, yeah. she would make me go to the counter and ask, you know, how that much question. how much is this? And I wouldn't want to. That's how afraid I was to talk to people. Yeah. And she would force me to go talk to people because I was so shy. So it's really weird because I'm also creative. Yeah. And so those two didn't go hand. Those, in those hand. two didn't go hand in hand. And so I fell in love with singing at the age of eight. I watched The Little Mermaid. And oh, I love The Little Mermaid. <laughs> it changed, yeah, it changed my life. My aunt took me to see The Little Mermaid. And I don't remember exactly what happened. I remember being on a playground, and we were singing Little Mermaid. And somebody, one of the songs, and one of the kids goes, you sound like her. You sound like the mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the time I learned I could sing. Wow. It was great, except that. I was still that shy, awkward kid. So I had this like talent inside of me, but I struggled with feeling comfortable sharing it with the world. So when you were on the playground and you're singing, what is it? What's the
0: song? Part of that world. Sing a little bit of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. um. (laughs) I put you on the spot. Yeah. I got to think of like, what's the best part? Mm. I want to be where the people are. I want to see, want to see I'm dancing, walking around on those, what do you call them? Oh, feet. The I right <laughs> <line? laughs> That was great. Yes, that so- was
0: great. It almost brought tears to my eyes. But what? honestly, okay. like as you're sitting there and you're singing, literally singing from your soul and someone says, oh my God, you sound just like Ariel. And even listening to the lyrics of the words of that song. Like, I want to be where the people are. Like, you were in your house alone with this creative bug inside of you, this beautiful gift that you were gifted with. It's bringing tears to my eyes.
1: You're making me want to cry now because I cry when other people cry.
0: Because it's honest. It's like you wanted to be where the people were, yet you were stuck at home, like aching to show your creativity. And then... YouTube comes into your life.
1: <laughs> well, th- much later. So I, <laughs> I did. Stu- I did study. I did go to choir. My, my family wasn't totally supportive, so they didn't pay for singing lessons. They weren't. They'd let me do it. Yeah. But they weren't crazy about it. So I grew up in a mixed family. So what my, was, what was your mix? My dad is Mexican and my mom is Vietnamese. Okay. And so my Mexican side were always saying. You're so talented, you're the best you can do anything, uh-huh, but on the Asian side, it was mostly like, okay, well, that's interesting. <laughs> How are your grades? Yeah, <laughs> you know it was all about my grades, yeah. so it, it's interesting because I still hold on to some of that baggage as an adult i I always would was listening to this voice from my past mm-hmm. saying, mm, that's not realistic, Michelle, you know the creative thing and It's funny because for a long time, even when it came to YouTube, I was hiding behind the camera. There was a reason I hid behind the camera, even though I did choir and I did do stage stuff as a kid, but it was very hard as an awkward kid. But there was always this voice in my head saying, you don't deserve the spotlight.
0: Yeah. Well, being in the choir, you're with all these other kids. So it's not like you are the spotlight singer. You could hide yourself amongst the (laughs) crowd. And still sing, but you're still not the front, the front header, the front liner.
1: Now I can look back and realize there were many times when I was pushed to realize my talent, Mm -hmm. but for some reason I was not listening to those voices. I was focusing on the negative voices in my life.
0: Because the negative voices are there and they're permanent and they are daunting sometimes and almost can paralyze you from... Stepping into your true self.
1: Well, a lot of times people nowadays are afraid to get on camera because they're afraid of the mean comments they're going to get. Yeah, and even a big YouTuber or a famous person will tell you, they'll never come a point where you are just numb to comments. Once in a while, something will get through, and it'll it will hurt your feelings. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's that's it is human nature. <laughs> it's it's human nature that no matter how much praise you get. Yeah. It only takes one mean comment or one negative comment and then we fixate on it for oh, some reason yeah. and Absolutely. it'll bother us for days, right? And and that's how it was just feeling like I deserved the spotlight growing up. Now I can look back and realize there were people rooting for me. Yeah, You know, I had a choir teacher and she gave me a solo that was meant for like an older kid. Wow. And uh, it was just like one of the scariest moments of my life. And 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 yet when I... Was ever feeling lack of confidence as an adult. Did I remember that time? No. I always thought about the time I was a teenager and I had a choir director make fun of me in front of the whole class <gasps> and tell me I was slow. Wow. And he said it as a quote unquote joke, but it always stuck with me. Let's say his name on air. No, no. <laughs> I think he was frustrated with me at the time.
0: Yeah. But teachers, that is not your responsibility because they don't understand that just one negative comment can literally pierce your soul forever and ever. I mean, you're, I don't want to say your age, but you're obviously haven't been in school for years and it's like, you're still remember that. And you probably could still picture yourself standing in the middle of the classroom and being made fun of in front of the entire class. Right. Oh, that makes me hurt for you.
1: (laughs) It's You know, but it's it's in the past, and I didn't realize how much I was holding on to the past, but also how I had painted this narrative mm-hmm. in my head. The story you're telling yourself. The story I told myself was people don't think I'm any good. Yeah. I'm not any good. I don't deserve to take the spotlight, but I'm creative, so let's find another way to be creative. So you're I'm going to be behind the camera. <laughs> yes, and that's not to say I don't love film. I love Being a filmmaker, I love telling stories. I Mm -hmm. do. And I'm so glad I learned these very valuable and lucrative skills. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't realize when I was learning them in my earlier YouTube years, I didn't realize it was a way for me to continue hiding. Yeah, I could be creative but hide behind the camera so that when people said anything critical... At least they didn't see my face. Uh-huh. They didn't know who I was. Yeah. I hired actors, and they got to be the people who took the spotlight and got criticized. Well, and got criticized at times, yes. But <laughs> and I and but I had known what that was like when I had been on the st- when I had been on the stage when I had been a singer. I knew what that was like to stand on a stage with the lights blaring in your face yeah. and knowing there's all these eyeballs on you, ready to judge you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and going to auditions and facing a lot of rejection. Yeah, that's hard. It is a hard well, way I to live. I can't even
0: imagine like going to, I mean, when I was young, I wanted to be on TV so bad too. I wanted to be, actually, I want to be a television radio broadcaster. And I was thinking, man, going to televisions and like getting their approval and like standing before someone to judge you, like it's, it's nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. And then for them to say, no, no yeah (laughs) we're going with someone else it just it's like it's being broken up with (laughs) almost on a continual basis I can't imagine especially somebody who like you said you call yourself an introvert to put yourself out there to only be rejected like how could how does that like I don't know for me I think to myself as your soul how does that damage your soul every single time it's like here I am I'm trying to share my gift with you it's really amazing just give me a chance and then someone says no <laughs> it's almost like the light starts to again. dim. Yeah, like your light, your inner person starts to dim and dim and dim, almost where you want to just be like, you're right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll
0: just shut this light off.
1: And it's true, it, you can you can fall for that. Mhm. You know, that's why I have a lot of respect for actors and and singers and it's easy for people to criticize people like that and pretend like their job is easy. Yeah. But if you think about it, they had to have the audacity for years, for some people, many years, yes. to say, No, I deserve this. I have talent. No matter how many times you say no, I'm going to keep going until somebody says yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. It does. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to be an actor and a singer and to put yourself out there and be like, This is my song. This is my art. And someone is going to criticize it. Even an author. Like, mm-hmm. this is my book. And someone reads it. And like, oh, that's a shitty book. Well, thanks. I spent. Years writing it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Being creative is being vulnerable. Yes. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I hid behind the camera mm-hmm. for many years on YouTube and I told stories that people loved. I had videos go viral. People would send fan mail. How and- did you
0: feel? Like now you have your YouTube channel and your videos are going viral. Like how did you feel? Were you like one of those people that would check to see how many people are looking?
1: <laughs> or no? <laughs> It, no, I was, it was weird. I was an introvert. So sometimes I would just forget at the back in the day, I would just forget about it. Oh yeah. I have a YouTube channel. Oh look, I got another <laughs> million views. What? I, that, I don't understand what that means. Okay. Really? It, 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 was, it was so much that I think I just couldn't process it Really, at the time. Yeah. But once in a while somebody would break through, people would send gifts. Gifts? Yeah. I remember somebody sent a scarf that they had made. They sent us a scarf they made. And then one time I felt really uncomfortable because some kid, like a teenager, sent us $200, like cash, in the mail.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: because they really knew that we wanted to make more episodes of a series and they Uh wanted to support us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it it was hilarious. And they wrote this letter like, I covered the money with paper because I didn't want anybody to steal your money because this is money for you. Oh, cool. (laughs) It was was adorable. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it was it's very gratifying to do online video, I will say, because you can reach so many people and they will reach out to you and talk to you and tell you how you changed their life. Yeah. And I realized it didn't matter if I if I'm singing on a live stream, which I went on to do It was very scary, but (laughs) I did. It was very therapeutic for me. It doesn't matter if I'm doing that, if I'm telling stories, if I'm making music videos, if I'm drawing, it doesn't matter what you're doing. When you're creative, it's really more about the impact. At least for me, I wanted to give people moving experiences, transformational experiences, whether... They're in tears after I cry, or they're laughing their head off because I made a film. It just feels good. (laughs) A (laughs) funsies. A It feels good. And that's all that matters to me is, did I give somebody a small transformation or a big transformation? Yeah. So it doesn't matter the format. But I will say there did come a point where I had to face my fears and acknowledge that I wasn't standing in front of the camera despite years of choir training and and some acting training as a teenager, that that was coming from fear. Yeah. And it was my cinematographer who confronted me about it. His name is Ray, and he's very talented. We still work together. The cinematographer is like the director of photography, the person who's in charge of the camera. And I direct it, but he is more the person thinking about the lighting, where's the camera going to go, and we work together. Mm -hmm. And we worked on a lot of films. And he said, Michelle, you're so passionate. You need to be in front of the camera more. But I was only doing like little... Q and A's here and there, nothing special. And he said, your brand needs a face. He was very ahead of his time. This is a few years (laughs) ago. He said, you need a face to your brand. You are the perfect face to the brand because you care and everybody loves you. Get in front of the camera. And I was just so against it. It it was, I just, I didn't realize at the time that it was because I didn't feel like I was enough. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't realize this at the time. I just knew I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. I didn't know why. And I did it anyway, because he harassed me enough times. And we fine. Yeah. So we did. (laughs) So we, so we did start, we started shooting and he was very nice with his feedback. And he just said, I don't, I don't understand. (laughs) You're, you're so excited in real life, but on camera, you're just really kind of dead. Yeah. And, and I was, I didn't know. I didn't realize I was kind of, as soon as the camera came on, I was kind of numb. Yeah. I was just- Deer in the headlights. Yeah. Because you're talking, there's nobody there. Even when there's actors, they're talking to each other. Mm -hmm. But I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just talking to a phone or a camera. And it was just so awkward. So there there was a journey there. There was a journey to getting comfortable. But most of it was just doing it over and over again. Over time, the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel. Oh. (laughs) And honestly, I kind of just had to overact for a while. In in my head, I was being melodramatic. I was faking it till I made it. Yeah. But it worked. Nobody seemed to know that I was being kind of fake excited and and fake animated. (laughs) Now I don't have to do that. But in the beginning, I had to fake it. Yeah. But I will say everything came full circle. The way I truly gained confidence Mm -hmm. and realized I did deserve the spotlight, that I wasn't slow and that it wasn't unrealistic for me to think that I deserved what maybe other people deserved in terms of taking the spotlight. Yeah, What it took was going back to my first love, which was singing. Mm -hmm. And I just stumbled on it by accident.
0: So you hadn't sang, like you're in film school, you hadn't like been singing at all? Like you stopped singing when? And then went to school and just stopped singing for a while?
1: I did very little singing overall for probably 10 years. Really?
0: You have such a beautiful voice thank, you have no, for 10 years.
1: No, I just, I got all into the video because I was learning a more realistic vocational skill. <laughs> the Asian side <laughs> of you. Yeah. And I don't mean to vilify my family because honestly, they- are Asians in general. <laughs> they weren't really pushing it that hard as an adult. It was the monologue in my head. I didn't yeah. realize I was my worst enemy. I mm-hmm. was doing this negative self-talk. You know, that I couldn't, I had to be realistic and just find a job job, which was video. Mm -hmm. I'm still grateful for it because now I can use my skills to take that spotlight. (laughs) But it took returning to singing. And yeah, I did take some singing lessons. Mm -hmm. I did. And that was really big. It took having a, a... Took three teachers, but finding a teacher that believed in me—really, yeah—it—it's it, because um, that was part of my confidence issues as well. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm telling you, I thought I couldn't sing. I knew I could sing, and yet I didn't think I could sing. There was this weird. So what? What happened psychology with the first going on. two
0: teachers? Were they like, "Oh, it's not working, doll"? <laughs>
1: it was the same problem that I had in school. So we couldn't really afford voice lessons. I went to a rich school in high school, so everybody got their own voice lessons, had their own teachers. I didn't. So I was like winging it, you know, and this is why the teachers said I was slow because I struggled being loud enough. I had this weird projection problem and nobody could figure it out. And my choir teachers were trying to teach me. And then later when I had money, like from a job, my video job, Uh I tried to pay voice teachers and they all would get frustrated with me. Oh, okay. and they would say, do X, Y, Z, like the same thing everybody told me. There's all these rules for how to be a singer uh-huh. and they weren't working for me. And, <laughs> and everybody just blamed me yeah. and I thought it was me. Uh-huh. And once again, I'm like, there you go, Michelle, you're the screw up. You don't deserve the spotlight because yeah. you can't be loud. You yeah. can't be heard. And there must be something wrong with you. It just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. But I finally found a teacher and it was the weirdest thing. I went and talked to her and I said, I don't know what's wrong. I can't project. I try to project and nothing happens. And sometimes I get dizzy. Oh, and really? that was the bu- I guess that was the key word she needed to hear. And she said, do you have a deviated septum? And I said, yeah, I-, I think I do. I remember talking to a doctor when I was a little kid and he showed me a little map and he showed me how the air travels kind of weird in my in nose. nose. Yeah. And she said, oh, that's it. That's all. You just have this, this thing where like you can't resonate where everybody's, all these teachers are telling you to do this thing that you literally physically cannot do. So did you ever get your septum so fixed? I didn't need to. She taught me how to work around it. Oh, nice. And it was, I'm telling you, it was the weirdest thing. This thing that had bothered me my whole life yeah, for 20 something years to just have this person go, oh no, that's not a big deal. It's not your fault. I'm just standing there stunned and she starts playing the piano like, okay, let's go. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do with myself. It was like this, this pressure had been lifted.
0: That's awesome.
1: Off of me. It just took a person who believed in me and knew it wasn't my fault and didn't blame me. Yeah. And she just said, I'm just going to teach you another way to do it. You can't push air through that. That's why you get dizzy because you have like a, a weird blockage kind of thing going on in your body. Yeah. And that's fine. And she showed me a little a little design of a head mm-hmm. and, and, and showed me like, okay, you need to move the air here instead. This, you're gonna do it differently than 99% of the world. Wow. But once you do that, you'll be fine. And I worked with her for about two years and now singing is as easy as anything in the world. I no longer feel like I'm gonna pass out. Wow, <laughs> that's I'm...
0: awesome.
1: Yeah, she, she changed my life because two things happened in my life, live streaming my singing And meeting that lady. So just helped me gain the confidence to see that I had talent and that it was okay to say I have talent. Yeah. That was weird, especially in the Asian upbringing, you're supposed to be humble. And so it felt really weird (sighs) to be able to just say I have talent. Yeah. So when I was a kid, people say you're talented. I'm supposed to go, oh, it's nothing. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to play down all your all your strengths. That's how I was raised. But the problem is I believed it. Uh You know, so I didn't realize, oh, that's just a thing you say. But inside you can go, yeah, I'm awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You could say it out loud here. Yes, you are awesome. I'm awesome. (laughs) Thank you. You're awesome, too. We're awesome. Yeah. But I did want to mention live streaming. So I fell into live streaming by accident as a YouTuber I met other YouTuber friends who were telling me about how mobile live streaming was getting really big. And there was this app called Live Me that everybody was talking about at VidCon. It was this YouTuber conference. And they had had a big booth and they were promoting their live streaming app. It's crazy because I've never heard of
0: live stream until I met you. I'm like, that's nuts. I've never heard of live stream. I know TikTok is a new thing that everyone's using now, but it's like, it's crazy how quickly apps come out Mm -hmm. and they become a big thing. I watched this Netflix special about this girl who was like really big on this other app. And you could only do like a five minute video or less than five minute a one minute video. I forgot what the name of the app is, but it's no longer available. Snapchat bought it.
1: Oh, You okay. know what I'm talking about? No. Oh,
0: gosh, I can't think of it. If I think about it, I'll let you know. But it's seriously like, it's just like one new app after another new app where people get like a huge audience on it. And then it's like
1: how it's
0: it's so hard to even keep track
1: I know there's of like so what's many apps. going on but
0: like YouTube has remained the same but
1: that's awesome so you're now on live stream yeah so I stream on this live stream app it's called live me and I just I'll be honest the first time I live stream nobody showed up And I was super embarrassed because I was next to my YouTuber friends Uh who said, I'm live right now, Michelle, come download this app. It's awesome. Look, hi, Joe. Hi, so-and-so. Thanks for the donut because they send tips that actually equal money. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, but they'll be in funny forms like a donut or a teddy bear. And so I'm thinking, wow, his his live stream is popping. Okay. I'm going to jump on. (laughs) I'm I'm on in on this. And you know, I live stream and Nobody showed up. Yeah, <laughs> And I'm embarrassed because literally right next to me is my YouTuber friend having a party on his yeah. live stream. And I, I don't know why. I just thought people would show up.
0: Well, maybe all the people that were on your, you know, channel followers, maybe they didn't know about Live Me, like, because I right. didn't know about Live Me. So no, like, yeah. what if your following still hadn't caught up to the Live Me, you know,
1: app yet? Well, I don't <laughs> think I even promoted it. I think That's I just true. turned it on and thought people would show up, <laughs> like, by magic somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and so when, so now I help other people with confidence to, to be on camera and to start their own YouTube channels and stuff. And people tell me, but what if nobody shows up? Yeah, and I say well, that's that's okay because that happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> like literally zero people showed up to mine, but that's okay. I kept going, and now I have one hundred thirty-four thousand followers on this okay. live stream app. <laughs> but I I do have to thank my friend Lauren Francesca. She's a model and a comedian. She's a social media queen. Uh-huh. And she got me to try it again. So I literally uninstalled the app because I was just so butthurt about how nobody showed <laughs> out to my live stream. <laughs> so a month later, she said, come to my place. Let's live stream. And I said, oh, OK, what app? And she said, live me. And I said, oh, nobody came to my, li- my live me. I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, she said, no, try it again. It's fun. And I get on her live stream. And we're just trying to think of funny things to do. She's, she's showing me little games to play. And people are sending her donuts. And you uh-huh. know. And then somehow, I don't even remember how it happened, somehow I sang a song mm-hmm. and people said, oh my gosh, sing another song. Oh my gosh, sing another song. And now donuts are flying left and right. you know. <laughs> uh-huh. And suddenly I got 80 followers from that. She told people my account and people yeah. went and followed me. And that was the start. And after that, I realized, what? People want to hear me sing? For some reason, I always felt like I was begging people to hear me sing because I didn't think I was good enough. And then I felt awkward about it, too. I felt awkward taking up space, taking up people's time. Like I was inconveniencing (laughs) them with my singing. Uh And suddenly to have people ask me Mm -hmm. to come sing, that was huge. I mean, I can't begin to tell you how live streaming each day and growing an audience slowly... And having regulars, as I call them, who would come in voluntarily without any request on my part to hear me sing, it was the hugest boost to my confidence it It is awesome <laughs> it, it, it was it's it's just it was like something had to be kind of shattered in my head. This idea had to be shattered in my head that I was no good, that I wasn't talented, that I couldn't be loud enough,
0: yeah, you know that, that I didn't, you were
1: slow, that I was slow. I had all these notions in my head that I didn't deserve to to be on camera, to be the the star. Self-talk,
0: not only just the negative self-talk, but the things that people have said, like you said, even though you have like a a thousand or 200,000 amazing comments of like, oh my God, Michelle, you're amazing. That one teacher or that one person or that one comment that said, you know, who are you to sing or who are you? It like, it almost plays on repeat in your head for years. So you did have to like, okay, I'm going to shut all of you guys off, all these negative comments and I'm just going to share my story and be where the people are.
1: <laughs> I love that you've got this recurring theme. It's so cute. <laughs> you know, but actually that's that's kind of cool because there's a video on my YouTube channel. It's not the most popular video actually, but mm-hmm. to me it's important. Yeah. Because there came a point where I got to come back to VidCon, I think it was one or two years later, and I sang on the Live Me stage at wow. VidCon, and I, that's the song I sang. That's yeah. awesome.
0: <laughs> but see, what a different, like how your life went full circle. And it's like, here you are, you're at VidCon, and you're like, I'm going to be on Live Me, and nobody shows up. And then two years later, you're on their vi- Live Me stage singing. And now how many followers do you have on LiveMe?
1: So on LiveMe now, I have 134,000.
0: 134,000. From zero people showing up to 134,000. I mean, that's got to say something about like how talented you truly are. And it's like... To me, people don't understand. If you dare to get into the arena, I was just talking about this because I just watched Brene Brown's um, you know, video on Netflix. If you guys have not watched Brene Brown's special on Netflix, I highly, highly recommend it. But if you dare to get into the arena, you'd be surprised. Not only how life-changing it is for yourself, but for the people that are watching you because you're daring to dream. You know, yeah, exactly. Which is amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's why I, I, I decided I was going to name my community because, you know, you have a name for your community. Everybody has their kind of funny names. So I called them the Dare to Dreamers. Yeah. Because they were people like me, you know, people who who wanted to dream Who and, and people would come. Kids would come to my stream sometimes and say, I want to be an artist or yeah. I want to be a singer. But my parents say that's unrealistic. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, it's like I'm having flashbacks, you know, yeah. and, and I. And I, ha- and I tell them, I'm like, you may want to not listen to your parents, and, yeah. you know, and I, I feel awkward saying that. But, you know, I tell them, you just you have to listen to yourself because if I could go back and speak to myself as a kid, I would have told myself, just just follow your dreams yeah. because you only get one life. And don't let anybody tell you you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You know, you don't have what it takes. You don't deserve the spotlight. Yeah. You should give it to somebody else. Don't listen to those people.
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so we're going to wrap up this episode. But and you just gave your nugget of wisdom, which is
1: what was it again? I don't. I already. I have ADD. I already forgot what I said.
0: Basically, dare to dream. And she has a course coming out um, where she teaches people how to g- gain their confidence and to be online. Which I'm going to take because I'm going to start my YouTube channel, guys. <laughs> But it's been amazing. Thank you so much for coming and um, being on the podcast. I really appreciate your story. It's amazing. And I hope that people are listening out there and they dare to dream too. So thanks for listening. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and share this love and this episode with your fearless female friends. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. Join me on the Facebook, on the Facebook. I feel like an old lady. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Join me on Facebook at The Fearless Female Movement, on Twitter at Fearless Female 9. You can find me on Instagram at Paylor Ross or Michelle. Where can they find you?
1: So you can find me at Michelle Osorio Martin on Instagram. And if you're interested in my course, mm-hmm. you can go to daretodreamschool.com slash video course.
0: What is your live stream handle? So for the people that are
1: on Live Me. Mm -hmm. It's Michelle Osorio Princess Emoji. Princess Emoji.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hope you have a beautiful weekend. Tune in next week for another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. Goodbye.